Welcome to episode 75 of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Planiverse. Gosh, it seems like an age ago since we last did one of these, Kareem, but hello. Hi. That's what happens in the time-space continuum. It feels like ages, but really it's been one nanosecond. <laughs> one light year, a proton into the distant galaxies. That's right. That's like that. right. Yes. <laughs> Travelling through time. <laughs> and, and sharing the one so neuron to... that we've got <laughs> between <Yeah>. us. <laughs> you said it. No, it's my turn. I have it this week. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> uh, what are we talking so about today, this week? Yeah. Well, yeah, let's, let's get around to that, shall we? Um, today, we're going to discuss decluttering. Now... We're going to start with decluttering your planner as a good starting point of any, um, with view to then decluttering your life in general. Now, that that can take many forms, as it were. And I'm sort of sat in the middle of an area that I'm desperate to declutter. But more about that later. So, decluttering your planner. I don't know how often... Um, you sort of go through this thing. Some people change planners quite often, don't they? You know, they literally move the pages or the books or whatever um, from one binder or cover to another, depending on the seasons sometimes. And, you know, that at that time, it's quite a good time to sort of, you know, take it all apart, review what you've, you're actually um, storing in it, rediscover things that you thought you'd lost and mm-hmm. or misplaced and, and stuff like that. Um, but in, in sort of general terms, I suspect there are a few people that maybe it's just the beginning of the year when they put in a new sort of diary insert or something like that, that um, <laughs> that's the only time when they could declutter, but they never get as far as looking at the rest of the pages. Oh no, no, no! Too much, too much Christmas cake to still get rid of, or, or whatever. <laughs> well, it's that's the thing is we've we've been having this discussion for quite some time in the planerology pages, and what I've come to realize is that you're right, Steve. There's a lot of people that sort of don't even know where to start when it comes to decluttering. They sort of consider the diary portion of it, the calendar portion of it, the the main meat and potatoes, if you will. Mm. And the rest of it, everything that they've written up or taken notes or copied down or whatever it is that's in there is sort of this um, detritus that sort of carries on from year to year or month to month, not knowing whether it's relevant or important anymore or even matters. And I think one of the the things that has helped me understand what what's valuable in this is taking a. So I used to do weekly, but now I find myself doing monthly because I'm not adding as much anymore. But one of the things that really helps is to do a quick inventory uh, of of contents and and to keep a table of contents. I don't know if you have one in your planner or not, but I do keep a table of contents in mine so I can quickly reference. If not. The tabs, at least what's inside, you know, the, the, the tabs themselves. And then further, if you want to define what's inside the tabs to itemize those. I don't do page counts, but I certainly do topics, for example. When uh, people think about decluttering and what have you, I honestly think that um, 
to a certain extent, you don't necessarily need to actually remove everything and shred it. You can do that if you wish, but there is certain bits of paper that you, you know, the information is still relevant, but you don't need to carry it around with you. So it could easily be um, archived into a another folder or container or whatever as must keep information, but you don't need it on a daily basis at the moment. Correct. No harm in if, you know, in, say, six months' time when that piece of information is going to be useful in the coming week or the coming month or whatever it is, to bring it back into the system again, of course. And, and I regularly do that myself with, you know, things like maps and things. You know, if I'm not in London, I don't need to carry a London right. map around with me on my day-to-day in France because it's a bit useless, really. But um, there's there's certainly um, a lot of scope for slimming down on the amount of paper that you've got in whatever sort of planner it is you're using um, by sort of being a bit more um, strict with yourself, I suppose, or um, more determined to sort of say, right, do I really need this? Put it to one side. It's a bit like clearing out your wardrobe of old clothes, isn't it? Where you sort of, you you just keep adding to it and adding to it. And of course, you then run out of wardrobe space. Think of a hanging rail as the rings on your planner in a way. Yes. They've only got certain certain capacity, haven't they? And the old adage of um, take it out of the wardrobe and put it in a bag. And if you don't go into the bag in six months, obviously you've not missed that item, shirt, blouse, pair of trousers or whatever, then dispose of it in however you want sort of thing. And and the same can be said for that piece of paper that you've been carrying around or multiple bits of paper. If you've not actually accessed the thing in six, nine months, 12 months or whatever, does it really need to actually live in your main sort of planner that you're carrying around with you all the time. Um, I suspect in a lot of cases you don't. Yeah, it it is true. But with information, it's slightly different than clothing, I would think, in that the information that you've written down, particularly for reference sections, are meant to be referenced perhaps not now but for later. So important Mm. information like banking accounts and social insurance numbers and that sort of thing, it's not something that you may need immediately, but you certainly is important enough that you may need to reference in terms of if there's ever a calamity, the house catches fire, that sort of thing, you may need to have access to those things. And I'm of the mindset that information is only as useful as the amount of information you can access at any given point. So what's the point of having all of this information if you don't know where it is? Similarly, though, to your analogy as what's the point of having all these clothes if you don't know what you're accessing or you don't know how to access what you need when you need it? And I think that's the the crux of, of this podcast episode is to decipher what it is that you're trying to achieve with your planner planners we should say and then mm. and then move accordingly because i agree with you there is some information that you do need further down the line but is not relevant enough or is too relevant to be shredded and so you may not need to carry it around with you immediately but it can be for example part of a house binder or it can be something that you mm. that you leave in the in the bag security box you know 
you move it from one location to another. Right. That other location might be another binder, might be another house planner type yes. thing. Yes. Could be a filing cabinet even, couldn't it? For you know, or somewhere where you store all of the, you know, similar information. It's and you got when you sort of remove it from this thing where you know where everything is in your main planner sort of thing. If you're going to move it elsewhere. That's got to be in some sort of controlled manner, yes. So that you know where to find it again, don't you? <laughs> yes. So it's no just point in just opening a drawer and just throwing it in there and then closing the drawer. Well, well what, um, I, what I've done for myself is to to um, marry up the color coding system that I use, so the ink that I use to write in my planner on the various topics that I've got. I call them the moving bits mm. of my life, right? So, for example, I don't know, uh, work. Work is in red because I'd like to be able to see it immediately when I look in my planner. The same color is used in my iCal. So when I see work in iCal mm. is red. And if I have something that I need to archive for work, which is rarely, usually work gets shredded because it's very timely. And once the time has passed, it's irrelevant at that point if I keep it mm. or not. But for the, for the sake of conversation, I would have a red file, for example, in mm. my in my you know, personal paper files so that I can very quickly visually marry up the topics that I'm interested in so that I can see them again or highlight, you know, highlight the tab in red or something so that I can see that. You've, you've just given everyone the excuse to go down to the local stationery <laughs> store and look for different coloured folders. <laughs> yes! You know, you can just simply use a highlighter and, and hi- highlight the tab. Oh, no. No. <laughs> that won't do, right? We'll have to buy a whole new set of, of full file folders now. Oh, Lord. Uh, yeah, so, but that works for me. It may not work for everyone else, but one of the reasons that I like to declutter, and I think it's important that we all declutter our planners, is to be able to quickly reference the things that we need most immediately and the current moments of our lives. So I may need to have the next two weeks have certain information in them. And I think Steve was the one that ultimately turned me on to this when he showed me his small ringed A5. I think it was the Heritage, was it, or something like that. Yeah. And uh, I realized that, yeah, ultimately, if you wanted to carry a slim version, or if I wanted to carry a slim version of what I have going on in my thick 30, 30 inch, or whatever they are, 30, 30 millimeter, I think. 35. 35, that's it. Thank you, Steve. Uh, rings. Then I would be able to simply carry around 10 sheets of paper with me. And that's really all I would need for that week would be those 10 sheets. Mm. Now, the the process of separation anxiety from the rest of the calendar for me occurs when I try to take them out there. I can hear the pages crying saying, no, no, don't let us out. Take me, take me, take me. (laughs) That's for another show. Um, But we have, we we do have the tabs and and I I would think that if the tabs were to remain consistent, then perhaps that's why we do have smaller personal sizes paired with our A5s or with our B5 desk faxes so that Mm. they can, in fact, serve as the supplement or the satellite calendric version so Mm. that we are not forced to carry around the big, huge, you know, A5 and up sizes. I would consider A5 and up to be the larger sizes. 
but I don't know. It's, it's personal it's at that try, point. You're trying to resist the temptation for the 40 millimeter ringed A4. <laughs> My goodness, <laughs> I haven't even contemplated that yet, but yes, <laughs> that would be a whopper. It, it, it <laughs> must weigh in over two kilograms, I would think, full. <laughs> You'd have to have a special sling for it to carry it around on your back. <laughs> Standard appointment with your chiropractor, I think. <laughs> a standing appointment that would just be ongoing yeah. every week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, that's that's the whole point. Is I the banking documents that I'm carrying around with me in my in my planner this week are going to be absolutely irrelevant the week after. And I think that's the point is to be able to go out uh, through all of that, take everything out. And I, I, I disagree with you, Steve. I think initially when you are decluttering, I personally like to take everything out and start fresh. So it's mm-hmm. not a matter of just removing certain sections because you haven't really th- – your brain hasn't gotten through the process no. of being able to visualize you have to literally, yeah. Yes. You have to sort through each section. And, you know, lit- it, you might not need to do it immediately, but – let's say, the address section for argument's sake, when you go through that section, you really need to look at each individual entry. And if you use an electronic system as well as the paper system, you need to do a cross-check between the two, don't you, to see, right, what's changed, what's updated, what's no longer relevant, or you know which addresses have changed, someone's moved house or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or you've got all these little sticky notes You've been adding sticky notes in with the new address over the top. It's time to, you know, remove those and get it permanently onto a bit of paper. Or how I have these, yeah. Steve. Look at this. I've got them connected. There are like three of them, all that they're married. Three D. Look at that. <laughs> I've got post-it notes. I've got a, I've got a tree of post-it notes here that sort of branch off into one another. I do that so, because yeah, it's simpler. It's simpler to write on a post-it note and throw yeah. that versus having mm. something and I think that's a lot of what it is is some people prefer to permanently write in their notebook and then throw mm. away perhaps throw away that page or archive that page whereas I'm, mm. I'm taking stuff down on a daily basis that is trivial in 10 minutes it's going to be absolutely relevant so I'd rather chuck it and recycle it uh, than, than hold on to it I see no purpose in mm. holding on to it other than yes I succeeded on this day in completing a task that would be the only trophy that would be the, the trophy itself would be the post-it note that it's irrelevant <laughs> the um, there's a lot of satisfaction even it doesn't necessarily matter how often you do this it's just the fact that you actually do it in the first place um, is is a good practice to get into um, anyway and you know how you go about it is is totally up to you really. we, we, I certainly wouldn't like to sort of say this is the way you have to do it no because that's irrelevant because the contents of your planner is completely going to be completely different to mine and, and all the rest of it but you know if you've set yourself up a little reminder to do it you know, once every three months or six months, depending on how much is changing in your planner on a regular basis, then that, I think, is a good step. And it then will lead on, if you like, to saying, right, I've got my planner in order. Now I can sort of hopefully break out of this, get away from the desk and start reordering or decluttering 
other things in, in in my life like you know i gave the example of right let's look at all the, my clothes you know what's relevant what's not relevant anymore and and so on and so forth i, I hit this um stopper earlier um last month when i was going away and realized i didn't have any smart shorts <laughs> <laughs> All the ones I had had holes in them and <laughs> right. in embarrassing places that were fine round the house and fine, but don't wear them out, as it were. Right. <laughs> so it was a quick um, sort of dive through all of and, the pairs I had. And we can use our planners to create the space in which we're going to declutter our lives. And so I, I mm. personally, I like David Allen's fifth point of review, and I use his review as an impetus to declutter. But because I do mm. it so often, there's very little to remove that I already haven't removed. It's almost as if it's mm. become uh, a visceral experience to violently tear off the post-it notes once they're complete because I consider it to be a badge of honor and I no longer have to deal with it. A this. winner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but in doing so, one can potentially create an entire tab section or an entire planner for decluttering one's home. And I know we're going to speak with Sam of the Plannerverse uh, citizen that we have out in Australia. Mm. Uh, she's going to be covering that topic with us. And when we talk about KonMari and all of these other things, one of the points that I, I know I absolutely love is the difference between being able to declutter once and then keep doing it perpetually or decluttering once and never doing it again is the ability mm. to follow the system that KonMari set up, Marie Kondo, was the one that came up with gather all of like belongings together at the same place and then do that category. Most people have a tendency to go room to room. And what you find is that when mm. you go room to room, you've left a little bit of something else in another category elsewhere. And you find, oh, well, <laughs> I thought I had done all the pens, but yet here are 75 other pens that are dried up. And now what? So when you're forced to look at, in your case, Stephen, all your shorts and all their little Swiss cheese holes that they've got in them, um, in, interestingly enough, I think you'll find that, one, you didn't know you had that many shorts, and two, mm. uh, the fact that you probably are not going to be wearing most of those. It's the Pareto principle comes in as the 80-20. We wear 20% um, of the 80% of what we own and that sort of thing. Mm. Uh, so that's, I think, the ideal for me, and the, that's what works for me, is the ability to de remove 80% of what I own. When I'm in a decluttering state and I do follow the steps, I have found that 80% of what I own actually gets removed and only 20% of what's being used is what's kept. Because if you look at mm. it, we, we use the same clothes 20% of the time. We call the same people in our phones 20% of the time. 80% of the people mm. we have in our phones, we call 20% of the time, right? It's the same back and forth. Um, so the foods as well, we eat the same foods 80% mm. of the time, right? It's 20% of the foods we eat 80% of the time. I said it backwards the other way mm. with clothes. But similarly, so if you realize that if you do with work as well, if you do 20% of the work, you will gain 80% of the results. It's just mm. a matter of how much work you're willing to put in and uh, who was it? Maria Ellen, I think, was complaining the other day about her brain being mush and how she's just <laughs> too wired with, with all the multitasking that's going on. Mm. And so that's why I really I, I like to promote the Pomodoro technique because it forces and rewires our brains 
to sit down and do a task for guess what 20 minutes at a time it's yeah. it's it's the same thing and so when you're getting down to trying to see if you're going to declutter your home or how you're going to go about it i would say set aside 20 minutes <laughs> set a timer mm. and start thinking about how you would like each room or each drawer or each item to look and if it's serving a purpose and if it's not then maybe make categories of things that you would like to see grouped together for example how many reams of paper do you own how many pens do you own do you need to use every single one do they each serve a purpose and then once you've gathered them all together in one place you could absolutely use your planner to come up with a list of things that you want to sell a list of things that you want to donate and a list of things that need to be thrown out that, I mean, that's where I would start with mm. being able to de- declutter your home. I think you, you know, if you're, you've not uh, done this uh, to the same sort of level of discipline, I would say, mm. um, in the past, you, you might have done small elements of it. Right. You know, you might have done this. You might have gone through your clothes or whatever without even thinking about it as a decluttering task, as it were. But you might find get more value um, and do it more uh, efficiently if you sit down with your planner one day and mm. a nice blank piece of paper and decide on which areas you wish to declutter, reorganize or whatever and literally just put them down as headings. Clothes would be one thing. Um, stationary items may be another, you know, as the, that seems to be a thing that predominates a, a lot of our lives one way or another um, in my case it might be USB leads <laughs> oh we're all guilty of that to, <laughs> they all seem to multiply those things um, and you know you might sort of be able to sort of sit down and, and work your way through work a, a simple list out now some of them are going to take longer than others obviously yeah. And there might be a few that you can quickly hit off in the sort of 20 minutes. If you can do it in 20 minutes, do it now sort of thing. Or whenever you've got a 20-minute break in the day sort of thing. And that would be a great motivator to you know, working through that list. That list might take six months or so to work sure. through, but it doesn't sure. matter. It doesn't matter that it takes six months to work through. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day and all the rest of it. But it, it's nice to if you've gone through it once that might then set yourself up a nice routine to then look at the same items or the same categories of items again in, say, six or 12 months' time. You might find some things you only need to look at every 12 months. Correct. Um, clothes, clothes, for instance, you might want to look at every six months. In my case, it tends to be a, a six-monthly thing um, because when we change from winter to summer clothes and whatever, I have to sort of swap the contents of the wardrobes across because I can't keep all of my clothes in one wardrobe. There just isn't sufficient space. Um, So I end up splitting my clothes between two wardrobes and I do this swap every six months. And it's at that point in time that I think, hmm, don't haven't worn that really that much. I tend to sort of, you know, it's getting a bit tatty and that's when I start to do the sort of, you know, put it in a black plastic bag type thing. And it goes to the Red Cross sort of thing. But, you know, it doesn't really make a huge difference um, how often you do these things. It, it really, it's a sort of a personal thing because 
some things need doing more often than others, I would think. Well, and that's why I'm, I'm really keen on the one episode that we did where we covered the four seasons and doing seasonal planning. This would be an mm. ideal, ideal method for the seasonal planning because I, I as well, uh, Steve and I both live in areas where we have four seasons. If you don't have four seasons where you live and you mm. have more of two seasons, really, it's more of a cool or warm mm. weather style, uh, then yeah. I would agree on the six months. For me, it works seasonally because, again, with the clothes, though, you're right, it's six months because fall and winter tend to go together with the same style of clothes and the thickness of clothes versus summer mm. and spring. Um, but there are so many other things, layers of maintenance that needs to be kept on the house and maintenance that needs to be kept on the body and maintenance that needs to be kept, right? There's so many other layers of let's mm. look at this that seasonally would seem to make the most sense for most of these things. Probably 20%, I would think. 80% would stick on the, <laughs> on the four season thing. So the Pareto principle really does help and applies overall. But I see no reason why you couldn't set up an inventory and or decluttering uh, system saying for the end of spring... Here's what needs mm. to go and be and looked at, uh, reviewed perhaps is the correct word. And then at mm. the start of summer, so you would have the end of spring, start of summer review, then end of summer, start of fall review, end of fall, start of winter review, and so on and so forth. And, and at that point, you'd be able to get a grasp of all the things that need to be done. Now we finally got around to fixing the air filters. I was just telling Steve earlier before we started recording um, the home that we bought never came with air filters, and so we've been trying to rack our brains around how, what size and have to t remove the grates and measure the insides of the frames and that sort of thing. But now that it's done, this is something that we, I have on automatic order, and it's something I don't have to think about. It used to be something I had to plan and make sure I measured and figured it out. Once it's figured out, it can it no longer needs to stay in the immediate need of information category and can get archived mm. in the house planner, which we do have in case, mm. God forbid, something ever happens and we lose the amount or the measurements mm. of the air filters, we have it down somewhere. And that way it never needs to be remeasured again. It all comes into your master task list idea as well, doesn't it? Yes. Where yes. these things can be sort of slotted in at the appropriate point in the master task list. You know, because that, that breaks down over a 12-month period, doesn't it? So you can have um, the appropriate thing at the appropriate time. So again, you know, the, the, you don't know it, the whole point is he's not having to think about this stuff, not letting it get you stressed out that, well, I must remember to do this at such and such a time. Right, right. You it, want it, it to flow through the year and it gives you then free time which to enjoy yourself. <laughs> and that's the whole point. It's, it comes back to what I had called earlier in the first uh, planning stages of planerology before we got it off the ground. I used to call this automation nirvana, where you've got mm. everything so automated. In other words, your brain doesn't have to think about it. The systems you have in place think about it for you. Mm. Not that you don't need to do any thinking and that you're going to become a duller just not doing anything in your life and not using any brain cells but that you, you can use your brain cells for important things, not trivial things like this that consistently are tedious and, and just mind-numbing in keeping up with. 
Uh, mm. So one of the things I noticed, by the way, for everybody that's keeping their receipts for appliances and trying to make sure that they've got their warranties all saved up and you don't need it, Marie Kondo was right. We had an issue this week where one of our appliances broke down. We couldn't find the receipt for it because it was purchased well over two years ago. And sure enough, we went to the the site of the location where we bought it online and they had a copy of everything we've ever bought there. And we were able to reproduce the receipt, submitted it to the manager. The manager is now filing a warranty claim with the company and we're going to see what happens from there. But if yeah, before I would have kept every single receipt not knowing where it was, we've got to keep them all somewhere so secret that no one will ever find them. <laughs> and so that's not the point of decluttering. I think actually what you said, Steve, is the point to have more free time to do what you mm. want at the end of the day instead of sitting and trying to keep all these plates spinning in the air of yeah. you know automation. And let the automation mm. be automated while you can go out and do <laughs> the things that you want to do. So I think we we will draw to a close before we get too carried away here. We, we, we've been thinking about all these things that we want to get done. <laughs> I'm sure. The master task list, I think, is the way to go, really. Because I've, yeah. I find myself, and along with other people, if you ever just sit there and complain, oh, I wish this was done, I wish this was done, just write it down on a big list as it comes to you, as the complaints come to you in your mind's eye, just write them down into a master task list and then separate those into doable little decluttering projects. I think that would be my tip of mm. the day. And for me, it's, you know, don't panic really. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget that. your towel. <laughs> it's yeah. that time of year really where, you you want to sort of you don't want to be sort of indoors um, at this time of the year if you can help it. Mind right. you, it's a bit too hot outside, but that's another story. Where can we find you on the internet? Uh, well, right now most people are sleeping, so I hope you have a good sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can find me on Instagram at Karine Tovmasian, at Facebook unwillingly at Planerology, not unwillingly at Planor- Planerology, but unwillingly on Facebook. <laughs> Planerology and planerology.com and throatpunchresumes.com. Where can we find you, Steve? And as usual, you'll find me at filofaxi.com, travelersnotebooktimes.com, and Mr. Filofaxi on Instagram. And remember, folks, if you've enjoyed our ramblings today, don't forget to like it, subscribe to it, and share it. Mm-hmm.